in our migration story, we were told to go to where food grew on the water, which was in Manoman. So it's in our legends, it's in our prophecies, and it was that kind of food that was given to us that we could always depend on. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is the place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have great conversations with wonderful guests from a whole bunch of different backgrounds. And we talk with them about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And we're back again this week, amplifying Native voices. How's it going, Cole? Great. You know, it's we're recording this in, during the holiday season, uh, end of the year, and just feeling a lot of family love. Uh, great to, you know, talk with you, Leah. You know, I've been seeing Maria's family, been seeing our family. So uh, it's been great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, you talk about the holiday season. Um, I've been doing a bit of cooking, a bit of baking, and I've learned a couple lessons Throw them at me. What, what, what do you got? Number one, really pay attention to the small type on a recipe when it says an eighth of a teaspoon of nutmeg. Um, don't just like start shaking it in into an apple pie recipe. Um, Daniel calls my pie that I made nutmeg and apple pie. I think it's still good. <laughs> Just add a whole bunch of ice cream to it. So really pay attention. A little bit of nutmeg goes a long way. Uh, lesson number two is do not mistake powdered sugar for flour. That is also a very important um, little lesson there for, for cookies because they do not come out right. <laughs> oh, you can't substitute them, huh? <laughs> no, no. Do, do not mistake. Yeah, because we have the, the, the Tupperware you know, because we're neat and tidy in our pantry. And so I just grabbed what looked like flour and made a big batch of cookies there that were just completely flat and like a mess. And I, I could not figure out what was wrong with them. And then I finally tasted the quote unquote flour and realized it was not flour, it was powdered sugar. So really good uh, <laughs> time spent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some cooking lessons with Leah Lem. You're welcome. <laughs> that actually ties in very well to our episode today because <laughs> our guest is an instructor and has, you know, given many people in our community life lessons and and uh, you know education. So very excited to talk with her about all that um, today. We're speaking with Elaine Fleming. Uh, she is a Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe citizen and an instructor at. Leech Lake Tribal College, uh, where she teaches such subjects as Lake, uh, Leech Lake History, Anishinaabe Studies, and Indigenous American Women. Elaine is also the host of the History of Leech Lake show on KOJB Radio, which is owned and operated by the tribe. And uh, some other notable mentions, uh, Elaine was the mayor of Cass Lake from 2003 to 2006, is an avid storyteller and a caretaker of stray cats. So uh, like all our guests, a lot going on here and can't wait to, to hear from Elaine. 
Absolutely. And here Elaine is. Boujou. Beshiko binesi akwe indigo mang indu dame. I'm one Thunderbird woman, and I'm with the Loon clan. I'm a, a Leech Lake in Raleigh, and I live in beautiful Cass Lake, Minnesota, the place where there used to be red cedar trees. Wonderful, Elaine. Is there anything that is at the top of your mind that you're thinking about a lot lately that's important to you? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Every day I I get up and I make a big to-do list. I like to check them off at night, what I've accomplished. And it's about wellness. You know, a lot of it is always about wellness for myself because I got to be well to take care of my family. And, um, and so part of that has to do with getting older. Um, another thing is like the language. So those are concerns I, I teach, and I'm I am getting older, and so it's uh, <clears throat> it's more difficult for me to get out and get around. So that's a big concern for me too. I teach full time at the Leech Lake Tribal College, where everyone should consider going. That's so wonderful. I know there's. I've heard such great things about Leech Lake Tribal College. I've been over there in the library to do a couple interviews here and there. And I'm just over in Grand Rapids, so I I go through there quite a bit. Can you talk about your your work with the Leech Lake Tribal College and what inspired you to become an educator? I had come home from the Army. I spent like 10 years in the military. And I was looking for a job. I was, um, so I had my college degree, a four-year undergraduate degree, and and I had twins, twin daughters, who were just babies, and a five-year-old son. And um, I was getting, geez, it was hard getting a job around here. So I was working like two half-time jobs, one in Cass Lake and one in Bemidji Gamag. And I, but I was able to carry my babies with me to work, so that was cool. But I kept, I kept on looking, and then one um, summer I was dancing in Chachabaning in Inger, and this woman danced up to me and she said, "Do you have a college degree?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And she said, "You wanna uh, teach a class at Leech Lake Tribal College?" And I said, sure. So then I got a little part-time job, right? Uh, another part-time job. And that was the beginning of it. But it was really, really awesome because the first class they asked me to teach was about the Ojibwe family. And so it just brought me, sent me along on a long journey to know myself as an Ojibwe being and my relationship with this earth. So that that's what got me here, and um, eventually um, I I was asked to work full time there with their community education program, and so I worked with Project Grow and ran the gardening program. It mainly we also also um, wrote some grants, and we uh, brought people in to teach 
our people to be actors. And so then I started writing some plays and we got them produced. I remember my my um, boss at the time when I asked him if I could uh, do this play because I was teaching a storytelling class. He said, you're not going to get anybody to act. So it wasn't a challenge. It was just his thoughts, right? So he let me go. And we we spent about 10 years putting on plays. And it was really cool. It was always about Leech Lake, about our people here. And uh, then, then after that community ed work, I began teaching full-time. So my, my um, undergraduate degree is in history. And I teach, uh, right now I'm teaching history of Leech Lake. Uh, two sections of Intro to Anishinaabe Studies, which is a survey course of the Anishinaabe in, on Turtle Island. I'm teaching uh, an internship program. We have uh, an associate degree here for uh, leadership, Indigenous leadership. And so I, I run that internship. And then I'm also... Uh, going to be doing two sections of knowledge bowl, getting uh, students ready to go to AHEC, the American Indian Higher Education Consortium to compete in the knowledge bowl. So that's what I'm up to at my, my college. I've been there for going on 29 years now. So. Wonderful. It sounds like you have a wide variety of things that you do. Is there anything particular that keeps you excited and motivated to do that work? This past semester, I was asked to teach a, a new class for me. It was an old class because I used to teach it years ago. But they asked me if I would teach it so the uh, instructor could have a break to work on other things. And so I said, okay. And it was called Indigenous American Philosophy. Mm. And I got to read a new book about the philosophy of the indigenous peoples. And it was written by um, a couple of men, indigenous men from a college up in Thunder Bay. And it was wonderful, you know, just to, to learn something new. You, it gets kind of old teaching the same courses over and over again. But I'm continually learning all the time, even, even if, um, if I choose to use the same books. I always will reread things and learn more. So that that keeps me really excited, just to learn, to share. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Elaine Fleming, an instructor at Leech Lake Tribal College, she teaches subjects that include Leech Lake history, Anishinaabe studies, and Indigenous American women. Could you, you know, just talk about Leech Lake history? Um, you know, is there something surprising in in that history? Uh, and uh, is Leech Lake making history now? For me, when I teach, I always begin with stories, with our legends. 
because when I teach history of Leech Lake, I base it on this thing about we being a nation. And a nation has um, four elements. One is its own language and culture, its own history. And within that history are its legends that go back to the beginning of time for us as a people. And then it has its own land base and its own governance. So when I teach history of Leech Lake, I always begin with the, the language. I mean, not the language. We always have language included in it in all my courses, but um, with the legends so that they can get their teachings about um, indigenous philosophy for the Ojibwe of Leech Lake our relationship with the land and the animals and the plants and the physical world, and then how history affected all those beings and our people. And I always talk about values because Leech Lake Tribal College bases its higher education on our values. And so when I teach history, I'll always say, well, how, how would our values have been affected you know, like by the assimilation era or when they came in and cut down our trees or when they built the dams and flooded our land, how would that have affected our values then? And then what have we done? How have we recovered today? So Leech Lake is amazing. We have this beautiful land base. We have... um 44 rice beds. We produce more rice than any other place in the United States, naturally. It just grows here. And so we're really blessed in that way. Our uh, Ishkonigan, our land base is 50% um, water. So we're rich again because we have that water. And we consider these things because like with the fish beings, with the force that we still um, are working to, working with the Chippewa National Forest to, to get back our control of them or to work with them. We um, work really hard with our civil regulatory jurisdiction and taking care of those beings, those phys the physical world, the uh, plant and animal beings, and then um, making our own laws because Sometimes human beings forget those natural laws that um, were given to us. So our governance and our division of resource management, I, they really make me proud, especially our DRM, the way they watch over the land and the waters, the rice beds, the, the berries. I think one of the ways that we can be proud of Leech Lake is in that way. But another thing is like just me, I was brought up dancing ever since I was a little bitty girl. And on Leech Lake, we value that part of our culture, that dancing that is so special. And we have huge powwows throughout the community, throughout the reservation, throughout the year. The ceremonies are coming back. And we have Leech Lake Tribal College. <laughs> <laughs> we have Leech Lake Tribal College, you know, because we have a right to educate our own people. And we're really working with that. 
I want to take a step back and, and, and talk about Manoman wild rice just a little bit more. You, uh, I saw that you teach the nationhood and gathering of Manoman. Um, could you talk about what nationhood of Manoman is and just maybe the state of Manoman right now in the state, in Minnesota? Um, because obviously it's a very sacred uh, food source for the Ojibwe people. So you know how when you teach, you're generally confined to buildings and rooms and um, <clears throat> certain time periods and curriculum. Anyway, when this course, when I first brought this course up and asked to be able to teach it at the at our nation's college, it was about getting our students out of the college and onto the water and so that they could come to know our land. And again, like when I teach history um, of Leech Lake, any of those courses, I always begin with on that premise about being a nation. And so it was really important to get the students out and to let them um, know the ceremonies that are involved with rising before you even go on to the lake and to let them rice because most of them hadn't had that experience. They get to know the land base and, and we're, we're so, I want to say peculiar in our way because on Leech Lake, because we're 50% water, because we have those huge, huge uh, rice beds all over. And that, that, that was something that, of course, in our migration story, we were told to go to where food grew on the water, which was in Manoman. So it's in our legends. It's in our prophecies. And it was that kind of food that was given to us that we could always depend on. We couldn't depend on the annuities, the foods that were promised to us through treaties, but you could always depend on the the monomen because of our relationship with it. And so it, it is sacred. You know, it's that ceremonial food. It's something that's given us life. It's also uh, something that helps us with our economics because um, when I was young, that was the way we would find, get some new school clothes and a new pair of shoes for school. And nowadays, most of the young people don't rice. After gaming, AC, after the casinos, people began working. And they didn't really need to go out ricing. And so what, what we're trying to do, like with a course like this, too, is to bring that back to the people to let them know the value of our land base and of the monomen as a gift to our, us and to our lives. And, and it's, it goes back again to that prophecy that someday in the future with the way things are going, we might come to a hard time. And in that hard time, we're going to have to depend on the food of the land and the food of the water. And we won't be able to depend on getting um, <clears throat> your pineapples from Hawaii. So 
it's that whole thing about food sovereignty, a nation needs to feed itself. So there, there's a lot involved in um, that particular course, Monoma, Nationhood and the Gathering of um, Wild Rice. Do you notice a difference in how students learn by getting outside and, and being closer to the environment and the land? Absolutely. It's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. They get out there and all around them are those spirits and those old ones who were there before and they're watching. And they're with us still. And the students, they'll hear our people talk because like, I have uh, presenters come in who are ricers and they'll come in and they'll share their experiences and their relationship with Monoman. And so some of them are really, truly spiritual relationships. And it'll just um, warm up the hearts of the, the students to, to just see how special the rice is to us, how special it is to us as a gift they form relationships with each other because ricing is hard work. And it, it is especially hard work if you haven't riced before. So they get to be out there on the lakes in the canoes with their ricing partner and they get to talk to each other and they get to know each other and they get to, um, you know, talk about their fears and their joy, their joys. They just get to know each other. And you don't do that in a regular classroom. You know, you you don't. And then on top of that, you're out there and the sun is shining on you. Sometimes it might be raining. The wind is blowing. The waves are lapping. Um, the birds are flying. And uh, it's just awesome. It's just totally awesome to to be out there for the students. And then we we started with a ceremony. Well, no, first first it's um in class where we're we spend like the first three weeks where we have speakers coming in and, and we do this through Zoom. Then we have the last week where they're out on the water. And the first day that they go out go out on the water, we have um the prayers before we go out there and we stay out there just long enough to gather enough green rice to make a meal. And so each uh, student gets to go out and they, they just get to go out and experience a little bit of this ricing. They bring in their rice and then we go back to campus and we have it set up so that then they can, um, parch the rice the natural way. They get to jig the rice the natural way and they get to winnow it the natural way. And then we'll make the meal that we're all going to share. And of course, we're going to be praying about what's going on here. But when when we're done with that meal then, and this is like an all-day activity for us because it really takes a long time to finish your, your rice naturally. And traditionally. And then the next day, they get to go ricing by themselves. And we're out there with them, you know, because we have um, expert 
like Ryan White, he's the one who helps me. He's the younger one. He's really knowledgeable about ricing. And he does that physical labor. He goes out and checks out the rice beds so we'll know where we're going to. So that, that first ceremony is really important. And then after that, the students are given that opportunity to um, whatever rice they gather, they can keep it and finish it or they can sell it. And this year, the students decided to sell it because this year we were really getting a lot of money for the, the rice. Don't ask me how much that was because I don't remember. <laughs> so they, they did really well, though. And they were really happy to make that money. It's wonderful to be able to be a part of a tribal college and to design some of these courses and to be out on the land with our, our people. And it's not just the students. I mean, we the older people are involved. And when we invite, we invite the community when we're doing our first feast. Okay, so the this last day of class this fall was we went out and set net and then we brought that net in that morning and the students what the students had to do was they had to uh, each prepare their own rice dish and then bring that in to share and at the same time they had to come in they had to clean the nets and they were taught how to um, clean the fish. And then we cooked the fish. And we had it with our wild rice dishes. And at the same time, we had um, a couple of young men come in from the Division of Resource Management and talk to us about what they do out there. But it was, it was, it was really awesome. We just do different things like that. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Elaine Fleming, an instructor at Leech Lake Tribal College. She teaches subjects that include Leech Lake history, Anishinaabe studies, and Indigenous American women. So you had asked about Monoman in the state of Minnesota, and I really can't tell you a lot about that. I just know about Ngal's Esquadjimekak. But I know this much was because, like in um, Michigan and Wisconsin um, and in Minnesota, because of tourism, that a lot of the rice beds were messed over. And when you disrespect a being like that, they'll go away. And so we here, because, um, because of our rice beds, that we were able to were able to sell rice to other reservations in Michigan and Wisconsin, Red Lake too. And we sell them rice so that they can seed their waters. We're busy, busy people during ricing season. Thank you to Elaine Fleming, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe Citizen, who is an instructor at the Tribal College. Uh, she is also the host of the History of Leech Lake show on KOJB. 
and as a storyteller and caretaker of stray cats, a lot of other stuff. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leo Lem. Miigwech for listening. Gigawabamin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.